Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I'm your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and once again, welcome to what is going to be one big creep fest. This is our Halloween spectacular. (laughs) And I'm telling you, man. Batten down the hatches and put on your jimmy jammies because it's going to get a little weird here right quick. (laughs) Kev, come on in. (laughs) Come on in here, Kev. (laughs) I'm here and I'm with a few spirit friends as well. You're not afraid yet, are you? I'm a little afraid. I'm a little scared, I tell you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a scared. <laughs> hey, Mo, there's spooks in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. Oh, just a little introduction, folks. We got ahead of ourselves <laughs> here. But for those of you who don't know me, W.J. Sheehan, author of the series Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters. And there's a bunch of books. They're all available on Amazon. And if you have your uh, your ear set up for listening, you can go to Audible and get volumes one through six uh, on Audible, iTunes, and Amazon, as well as my new series, uh, The Exorcist, which is very fitting for today's <laughs> podcast. Uh, there's two volumes of The Exorcist on uh, Audible. Uh, one is called Truth and Lies, and the other one is called The Exorcist Diabolica. Uh, and uh, the others are available in paperback, which includes Full Moon. So now that we've got that out of the way, why don't you introduce us, Brother Kevin, to what you have in our cryptids and other oddities segment for this hallowed eve? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, folks. We got a little crazy right out of the gate because it is Halloween. <laughs> and Halloween this year is on a Saturday night. Even with the crazy COVID world, it's still Saturday night. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's great for the kids who will be out trick-or-treating, I'm sure. Uh, some of them anyway, right? Some of them. We we have, I didn't tell you, Bill, but I'm building. It's not done yet, but I have this ghost candy delivery system that you would like very much. (laughs) Yeah, it flies from my front porch out to the mailbox on a... uh, you know, on a cable of sorts, a ghost with light up 
red eyes, glowing red eyes, maybe a little bit of a stink of a Bigfoot. <laughs> and it's got some treats in them. And then uh, I reel them back in with a nice uh, fishing reel, turns out. <laughs> What do you got, a Pen 7500 reeling it yeah, in? Yeah, I got a Pen 7500. <laughs> you know, it should be able to bring in the ghost. <laughs> and if anybody bites onto him. Yeah, make sure you put a steel leader on that ghost. No doubt. Yeah, I don't need anyone breaking it. Yeah, what if you got a black-eyed kid coming up to the mailbox? Whoa. We just want to come in. <laughs> Can we come in? <laughs> No need to worry. We're just looking for our mother. <laughs> we came Black-eyed to... children. Yeah. Bring them on. Yeah, that, Not really. That's some, that some creepy stuff, you know. Yeah, so we're going to have a little quiz for you, Bill. We got a couple of quiz questions that you haven't seen before. Okay. All right. So black cats. Why are people afraid of black cats, especially around Halloween? Ooh. Boy, uh, you know, I really don't know, but uh, what I do know is, at least in my uh, tenor here on Earth, they were always associated with uh, witches and cauldrons. That's a, Well, so it's interesting. They're associated with witches, and witches could apparently, they were believed to turn into black cats. Oh, Ooh. (laughs) Now you see me, now you don't. Now I'm a black cat. Ah. But let me just say right up front, all you witches out there, don't be filling up our inbox with witch mail, okay? (laughs) All I said was you turn into a black cat, potentially. (laughs) (laughs) Or a red-eyed spook. All right. How about jack-o'-lanterns? Do you think that's like an ancient thing or a modern-day thing? No, I think, uh, now if you ask me, my hunch is with a jack-o'-lantern that it was put outside of a door to uh, superstitiously ward off evil spirits. Mm, That's my guess. And they go back in time or it's a modern day thing? Uh, I got a feeling it's uh, medieval. Yeah, it goes back in time. It turns out, though, that they used to be turnips. And then people started carving pumpkins. Well, it have to be one big bug of turnip. <laughs> exactly. Or they were pretty small jack-o'-lanterns, one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, so that's where we're going. We're going back in time. And uh, first off, before I get into it, I want to thank our friends at History.com. They, they got a ton of information out there that I'm going to draw upon a bit. A bit. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, of course, Halloween... Celebrated every year on October 31st. And this year, it's on Saturday night, and it's when this podcast will drop. Nice. Hope nobody right. else drops with the podcast. Exactly. They might. They <laughs> might. And, uh, you know, Halloween, it turns out, it dates all the way back to an ancient Celtic festival that's called Samhain. Um, And the Celts, who lived about 2,000 years ago, mostly around Ireland, so think about the Boston Celtics, but really the Celtics, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Mostly around Ireland and the United Kingdom and northern France. They celebrated their New Year on November 1st. So Halloween was kind of the special night coming into the first of the year. Like we celebrate a New Year's Eve now. 
Exactly. And this day for the Celts, it marked the end of summer and the start of the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold, creepfest winter. (laughs) (laughs) Now, come on. Did they call it the dark, cold, creepfest winter? No, but they did have the winter for them was often associated with death, Mm. right? Because, you know, back then, if you were going to die, it probably wasn't going to be around the 4th of July. It was going to be in the middle of the winter when all the plagues and stuff were ravaging the place and you didn't have enough to eat, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it was a rough time back then, you know, really rough. Very rough time, yeah. Uh, I don't think uh, people appreciate all that we really have today, boy, you wouldn't have time to bitch about anything if you were living back then. Oh, man. If you ever, you know, folks out there, I know some of you have been in some of these old castles of the Dark Ages and stuff like that. And even in modern day, it's not hard to figure this was pretty awful. And that was how the best lived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's pretty awful. And that's how, like, the king and queen lived, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really incredible. The uh, historicity of uh, the human race is just mind-boggling. Yeah. Wow. So uh, don't let me interrupt you, bro. So Let's get bring back to on the creep wind. fest, okay? So when their new year started on November 1st, on the night of October 31st, they believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to Earth. Hmm. And you had, like, a mixing of the alive and the dead on this evening of October 31st. So it's possible your mother-in-law came back. <laughs> <laughs> of course, exactly. if you love your mother-in-law, that's no problem. I do love my mother-in-law, and she's still around. But, uh-huh. so, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I got your point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But so during this year, uh, or during this time of year, it was also a time where they would have these bonfires. And it's pretty interesting. They would actually, so all the, everyone's home or hut or whatever they had back then, they would have a fire going, right? That was the only heat they had. They would, they would extinguish the fire on the 31st, and then they would come out that night for these bonfires, and they would bring some of the fire from the bonfires back to their home at the end of the Creepfest celebration. Hmm. Yeah, and what was cool. that the symbolic of, this new, new flame? New beginning. The- yeah, new beginning. Okay. Yeah, to, re- to relight the hearth and kind of restart the year. Okay. And it's pretty cool. They talk about they had this community fire we or or fire that they started using a wheel so they had this some kind of wheel i guess like a flint or something that would cause friction and spark flames and then this was representative of the sun and the sky and used with the prayers to start the new year i could see that this flaming spinning wheel then ignites the fire and probably ignites itself Exactly. And then you'd have this uh, hoop burning with the fire burning around it and consuming it. Yep. Uh-huh. I wouldn't mind and doing that they, myself, actually. Sounds like a pretty cool little fest. There you go. And then they would uh, also kill a bunch of cattle and stuff like that as a sacrifice. So maybe you're not going to do that, but maybe you'll roast up a steak on the grill. Yeah, well, maybe I will do that. 
So, you know, they the, the, the Celts, they thought that, again, the, the dead would come back to join the living. So basically, they thought for the rest of the year, there was a barrier between the world of the living and the world of the dead. But during this festival of Samhain, that this wall was breachable. So they would prepare different offerings that were left outside of the villages and outside of the fields for the fairies that would come back from the from the dead side of the world to visit them. Wow, that's some strange stuff even for me. But you know oh, what yeah. I'm thinking about? Maybe that's where the term uh, hot dogs and sauerkraut came from. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's you don't it, think but I like so. the theory. <laughs> get your red hot hot dog. But get this. So when these when these fairies would come back and uh, uh, come across from the dead side to the living side, they would often try to take living people back to the dead side with them. Oh, that's a nice thought. Yeah, so where we get into some creepiness, yeah. and so so sometimes or these these folks, the living folks, would dress up like animals, so that they wouldn't be mistaken as a person that could be kidnapped and brought back to death. So that's where we start to see the costumes. Yeah, uh, and do you think this is really where the costumes began, these animal costumes? That's what they're talking about. So yeah. going all the way back in time, they start to dress up so that they wouldn't be recognized as a person. That's interesting. It's super interesting. Yeah, and I can see these arms coming out of the earth and, like, pulling somebody down through the turf. Ooh. Yeah, that gives me the chills. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You took my cow. <laughs> So and and you know they would steal the people or steal their souls, right? And there's a couple of soupy, super creepy Samhain monsters that are associated, and this is pretty interesting, Bill. One of the Samhain monsters that was associated with this night is a shape shifting creature called a puka, and they call it a shape shifter. They called it a shape-shifting creature. Wow, isn't that freaking weird, huh? We're still, <laughs> we're still dealing with shape-shifters today. It's like a rougarou or a shape-shifting Bigfoot, only this one's called Puka. Puka. Wow. Yeah. And then there's a lady called Lady Gwyn. Sounds kind of beautiful, right? Yeah, until she stinks of fangs into your jugular. <laughs> and she turns out she's a headless woman <laughs> dressed in white who chases night wanderers, and she's accompanied by a large black pig. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hey, this, uh, what is it again? A pookie? Puka. Puka. Not to be confused with a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Although a vicious Pokemon would be something to be old. That would be pretty cool, too. What did this uh, uh, puka whatever look like? They don't say. They just say it's a shape-shifting creature. So it looks like whatever it wants to look like. Well, that's true, right? If you're a shape-shifter, I guess you could be whatever you want to be. Exactly. Oh, this headless woman. Mm. Yeah, where the freak does that come from? Oh, it gets better, okay? All right. So some of these other monsters... 
would appear as headless men on horses who carried their heads, riding flame-eyed, red-eyed, basically, horses. Wow. And if you ever saw one of those, that would be a clear omen of death that would come upon you very quickly. If you had a a vision of one of these things. Yeah. Or you saw one. Yeah, I can't believe seeing one of them coming across the countryside. <laughs> Little Ichabod Crane for you. Yeah, and that's what it made me think of, of the old uh, Ichabod. Do you think they were kind of stealing from that a little bit with that story? Could be. I haven't seen a tie, but it certainly could be. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they have Very. all of these creepy creatures, and they're all associated with the Samhain holiday? Exactly. Wow. Again, because it was their New Year, and they thought that on that New Year's Eve— the barrier between the living and the dead would come down. Right. So, And that would basically basically bring apart all of this creepiness. Yeah, and all of this interdimensional stuff. You know, all the weirdos could show up at that point in time. There was no barrier to them doing so. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's creepy, man. And during this time, okay, the same period of time, they would have this supper celebration, like a feast. Mm-hmm. Only I would call it an absolute creep fest, okay? So, (laughs) no, I'm not kidding. So picture this. You get together with your family, your extended family. You sit down. You have a feast. They don't say what they're eating. But say it's, uh, you know, a big turkey feast like our Thanksgiving here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And they invite the ancestors that are dead to join in. And give the families a chance to interact with the spirits of the dead mm. while they have dinner. So what they do? Leave open chairs at the table and ask uh, <laughs> Aunt Bessie to sit down? They, they don't say, but they did say that the children would play different games that were meant to entertain the dead. While the, up, while the adults would update the dead... On the news of the past year. <laughs> oh, my God. And then you know how we would leave out cookies for, like, Santa Claus to come and visit? Yeah. They would leave out these soul cakes. Soul cakes. And cake. they'd leave the windows open so that the dead could come in and eat cake. <laughs> Kev, you know, just think for a minute. If you were a little kid and were being broken into this... Uh, uh, fantastic ceremony, really not knowing much about it, or it was the first time you could actually understand it, per se. That would be very freaking strange, you know? Oh, could you imagine? Yeah. Like, oh, no, we're going to celebrate here, and we're going to give cakes, and uh, we're going to bring back uh, Grandma and Grandpa. Kev, what was that monster, that creep monster at uh, Christmas time? And uh, <laughs> Grampus. No- the Krampus. <laughs> you know, one day I was watching the Travel Channel uh, around Christmas time, and they were doing, uh, they had camera crew over there filming this yeah. Krampus festival. Oh, man, and it's they, the creepiest. There were little children, I mean, literally terrorized, screaming. Screaming and crying. Yeah. Well, the people, they dress up. I mean, it's no joke. It's not like Halloween. Those Grampus folks dress up with, like, blood coming out of their mouth and the giant noses. And, yeah. Oh, man. And they come Awful. after the children. 
Absolutely. They try to scare the crap out of them. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking the same thing may have been going on here. Could be. You know, you had these Celts in some type of longhouse with a straw roof, you know, and I could see them uh, riding on the little kids, you know. Ah, they're coming in to get you. (laughs) 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 People can be cruel, man. (laughs) (laughs) People can be cruel, like us on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we didn't even say a warning at the beginning to talk about how creepy it was. We did say it was going to be creep fest. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, if you come up to modern day, like there's a lot that happened in the middle there from the Dark Ages to today. You know, some of the popes, you know, tried to move the celebration first into the spring to May 13th. Uh, Pope Boniface did that in the 5th century. And then in the 9th century, Pope Gregory moved the celebration back uh, to the time of the fire festivals, but called it All Saints Day. On November 1st. Uh And interestingly enough, All Souls Day would follow on November 2nd. So basically off one day from where we are today with uh, Halloween and uh, All Saints Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, you asked about the traditions that came forward. So, you know, so we have the new holiday um, and October 31st became known as All Hallows Eve mm-hmm. or Halloween. And uh, but a lot of those practices came forward into the 19th century from the Dark Ages, like trick or treating said to have been derived from the practice of leaving out those treats mm-hmm. uh, for the dead to come back and the practice of putting on the costumes so that the fairies would not take you away thinking you were a human. Wow. I yeah. mean, it's a lot to comprehend. I know, yeah. Uh, now, in the United States, though, we really didn't get into this, what we know is Halloween, till like the 20th century, right? Yeah, I mean, it, apparently it came over, but it didn't get that big. Right, right. I mean, now it's, you know, crazy. Like, the amount of candy that's sold is... Unbelievable. You look at the stats for Halloween and, you know, the costume expenses and everything else, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, we're not leaving soul cakes out and having dinners telling the kids that the ancestors are coming to visit. No, it's not really a celebration of the dead. Right. You know, but it is uh, second only to Christmas in terms of the money spent. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's a shame that we US. have to uh, measure something by money, right? I know. That's, <laughs> it's all that's retail, brother. It it's all retail. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow, exactly. So pretty, uh, pretty awesome. You know, and uh, a couple other stats we have. It's interesting. Um, when uh, when uh, the Roman Empire conquered the Celtic territory, um, they they kept uh, the Roman brought a couple of ceremonies. One was called Feralia, and it was a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. So very similar. And then at the same time, they had a day that was to honor Pomona, and she was the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. And um, the folks now today believe that the symbol of Pomona, right, the the 
goddess of fruits and trees, is what came into Samhain uh, explaining the tradition of bobbing for apples that's practiced today for Halloween. Well, that's kind of weird. Of course, not today in COVID-19, right? I don't think we'll be bobbing for apples. Ah, come on, give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> How about bobbing for turnips with their faces cut into them? There you go. There you go. <laughs> but there's some good, good stuff if you check out history.com. And uh, it's also interesting. They got some good pictures of people dressed up like witches, Bill, the yeah. whole time. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure how much they were dressed up. Yeah. Maybe they were for real. <laughs> I think it was their day to day clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So did they get into anything more about the witches turning into black cats? So that was just a they did, they talked about different things that are associated with uh, Halloween and and definitely uh, the jack o' lanterns where they were carved out of turnips back then, mm-hmm. and then the black cats stuck out to me because you know I thought black cats bad luck or whatever, but it was more like how you know the legend of vampires and Dracula where he could turn into a bat. The black cats are like the legends of these witch witches would turn into black cats. Hmm. That's which I never heard that before. So I was like, that's ah, pretty creepy. Yeah, it is definitely creepy, you know. Uh, but I mean, these are these traditions, you know, that had been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, and uh, you know, people came over here, sixteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, you know. And uh, some of this stuff uh, took root here, you know, but in a different form, you know. Yeah. But then we have another, a whole other cult of beastlies that uh, relish the demonic realm at this time of year. Uh, No doubt. So, uh, I mean, that concept of the barrier coming down between the living and the dead, you know. Pretty well, similar, right? Well, yeah, and you know what? I'm a big believer that you, that we have the capability of speaking things into an existence. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if there's p- people of like mind gathering together, uh, willing uh, the demonic to come in, it's coming. Exactly. They're waiting for the invitation. No, I there's mean, no doubt about it. Look yeah. at those black-eyed kids. We just want the to black come eyed in. children. Yeah. All I need is a ride. Yeah. My mother is looking for me. Yeah. I mean, that's the Can whole thing. Can I use thing. your phone? Yeah. <laughs> Let me in. I'll take the great pumpkin any day. I want to hang out in the pumpkin field with Linus, waiting for the great pumpkin, even if I miss out on trick or treating. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's a- a little kinder, simpler version of the exactly. uh, of the above, you know. Even if I get a rock, <laughs> <laughs> I got a rock. Like Charlie Brown, I got a rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, that was excellent, Kev. A little uh, festival of the weird and macabre. Oh, uh, Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, to go along with that, I'm not certain that anything more strange uh, than this following account could come my way uh, and that I could share it with you for this Halloween creep fest. And Kev, 
you're not going to believe where this thing went down. If I could, if if I gave you a shot, you don't know what this story is about. No. If I gave you a shot of the location where this story that I'm about to read uh, came about, anywhere in the country, where would you say are the possibilities? Well, that is going to Ireland. I thought you were going to do a Celt thing. Well, all right. Well, I can see you going with that, but I'm give, I'm I'm narrowing it down to the fifty states. All right. How about Salem, Massachusetts? Good guess, right? Yeah. Witch fest. Yep. Sorry, witches. But it would be wrong. You want a second <laughs> guess? How about British Columbia? Nah, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to give you curtain number three with the goat eating hay. (laughs) 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 This actually occurred right here on Long Island. I wouldn't have guessed that. Okay, Never. Never in a million years. So the following account was told to me by Ernie McDonald, a resident of none other than Brooklyn, New York. This story, as bizarre as it is, lends credence to my long-standing personal feelings that many Bigfoot sightings are hinged on the demonic. And if you believe this story, then everything that I have presupposed up until this point in time is in fact true. In the late 70s and early 80s, I was going through my teenage growing pains and living in my parents' home, which was in Nassau County, Long Island. Now that I have retired as a city cop and live in Brooklyn, the memories of those days and times still linger, as they do with everybody. For your reader's benefit, Bill, and no one else's, There was a period of time when satanic rituals and animal sacrifices were in the news locally in Nassau County. Do you remember any of that, Kev? You know, vaguely, but none of the specifics around it. Okay, I do remember headlines. Probably blocked out. Yeah, I remember headlines and uh, some kids getting busted uh, for murder. Ooh. Uh, But now that I have retired as a city cop and live in Brooklyn, oh, I said that already, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, there was even a case where a couple of teens were busted for allegedly killing a young man in some type of satanic-related way. That's exactly what I was just talking about. Hmm. Now, this, oh, I think I remember that, Bill. They, like, jammed rocks down his throat or something like that. You are correct. Yeah, it was a hideous I thing. That you said it. Yeah. Now, this incident, along with similar stories of sacrifices, were making the headlines while I was in junior high school. I had first made the acquaintance of a couple of the people of whom I am about to speak in the eighth grade. We were all in the same grade, but they were a strange group of characters. They were wearing clothes which nobody else wore and were well known as being druggies. Befriending these people was a bad move for me. I was already considering some experimentation in my own mind, and I knew they were a source for what I was going to need. It was over a period of time, with, of course, Satan luring me in little by little, 
that I found myself not only buying drugs from these suppliers, but occasionally hanging out with them. During the course of my seeing this group on a more frequent basis, it became known to me that I was an uninvited guest on a number of nights that I was looking to hang out with them. For the life of me, I couldn't figure out why. This had been going on for a number of months when finally I pinned them down while making a buy one day, asking them what the deal was with always being bumped on the weekends from hanging out with them. It was then that this guy, Jeff, looked over to his chum, Freddie, and said, So what do you think, Fred? Should we invite him? Well, Fred gave the nod, and they told me to meet them on Saturday night at a specific location. They gave me instructions where to park and said that I should walk over to a certain area of woods alone. They told me to wait there and that they would find me. I remember it being a fairly crummy night weather-wise. I had just gotten my license and wasn't supposed to be out driving after a certain time of day, but I didn't care. I drove to the woods, got out of my car, and walked to where I was told to go. After I stood there for about 15 minutes, Freddie came walking out of the woods wearing a strange-looking black robe and told me to follow him. I was already wondering what the heck I was getting into. But in the interest of appearing cool, I followed him into the woods. We went deep into a thickly forested area to a point where I could see a fire burning and a number of other people standing in a circle, all wearing the same getup that Freddy was wearing. As I entered into the small clearing, everyone kept their heads down. They were all wearing hoods in a way that concealed their faces. I couldn't tell if they were boys or girls, and nobody greeted me. Freddy told me to stand in a certain spot. He addressed the group that the initiate, being me, had been brought to the circle. There was a fire going in the middle, and a small pile of rocks with a cinder block set to one side. They started to mumble some type of mumbo-jumbo, which I don't recall, which led up to one of them removing a cat from a bag that I couldn't see and killing it on the cinder block with a knife. There was this whole kind of sacrificial thing going on, which I didn't quite get at the time. At the end of it, they asked me directly if I wanted to be a member of their coven. To which I said, yes. I know it sounds nuts, but that's how it all began. It involved drugs and weirdness, as well as my dealers, and so I was all in. Over a period of many months, I came to realize that these kids were steeped in some really evil practices, calling themselves witches and Satanists. What started out to be something cool was getting more than a little bit overboard for me. It was during October of that year 
with Halloween fast approaching, that plans were being made for this big sacrificial meeting, which was going to occur at midnight on Halloween, and all were required to attend, including me. I had been going to these meetings on at least six occasions, if not more, and had been exposed to more and more of their practices and literature, which I began to realize was nothing that I had bargained for. The night had arrived, and we all met up in the usual way in the same area of the woods. In similar fashion, by the time I had arrived, being told yet again what time to show up and all of the other participants were already there, which to me spoke of the fact that I wasn't completely a part of the group as of yet. To be honest with you, the only reason I hadn't bailed out by them was the fact that this dude was my sole connection for drugs, and I felt as though if I was to stop, I would most definitely be cut off. It was close to midnight, as all were once again gathered around the blazing fire, when one participant stepped closer to the flames. This person, who I now knew was a woman, and considerably older than myself, dropped her hood while everyone else stood with heads bowed in silence. I was peeking out from under my own hood as she began to chant some type of strange incantation, which was followed by her and the rest of the group verbally calling in some type of demon by name. On and on they went, chanting and calling upon this demon to appear, when suddenly a faint figure began to materialize within the fire's flames. Louder and louder they chanted, and this thing became more apparent with each passing second. Suddenly the group became deathly silent, as the woman who was leading the ceremony dropped her hands on her head, appearing almost as if she had fallen asleep on her feet. As I stood there, peering out from under my hood, I gazed upon all the others in the group and this demon in the fire. The entire group was standing on their feet as though they were dead. Their chins were touching their chests and their shoulders and arms were hanging limp. The demon was standing or should I say floating within the fire's flames, completely still. It was a horned Bigfoot, a monstrous, hairy beast, which was impervious to the flames which were licking up around it. And it had horns protruding from the sides of its head, being a miniature version of those one might see on a bison. I thought I would crap in my pants right on the spot. And whatever had come over the rest of this group hadn't come over me. Well, I turned and ran like there was no tomorrow. And no one followed. Let's just say I didn't stop or turn to see if anyone had followed. And that was the end for me. In the days which followed, I was in fact cut off and I didn't care, with Jeff telling me that if I said anything, there would be repercussions. 
Having read your entire collection in the series, Bill, the fact that this demon had appeared in the form of a Bigfoot on that night gave me a reason to contact you with a little confirmation of your theory, so to speak. As I stood there, this thing appeared to be in full bodily form, suspended off the ground within the flames, and yet it was not consumed. It didn't move so much as an inch up until the time that I fled the scene. I actually felt that I was in some type of imminent danger had I stuck around any longer. What do you think of that, Kim? Oh, that's a creep fest, Bill. Animal sacrifice and stuff. Ugh. Yeah, these these cats were not uh, playing uh, kids' games with soul cakes, waiting for somebody to fly in a window. No, no, awful. Yeah, awful stuff. Yeah, and mm. interesting too how, uh, according to this guy, by the way, amazing how he retired as a city cop. Yeah. So there's hope for everyone. <laughs> but, you know, looking back, the guy was wrapped up in some stuff he wished he never did and some things he probably wished he never took and had some associations with some people he probably never wished he met. Hell yeah. So, you know, it's funny, isn't it? You know, when you're younger, how you think you're always going to see certain people or certain people will always be a part of your life. Yeah. And then when you get older, they're gone. No, thanks. Yeah, you know, they're gone. Don't need that. <laughs> Don't need that dimension. <laughs> so I would say that was just about the creepiest thing that uh, could have been dug up. Yeah, that was a little dark and dreary, even for <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Let's go back to the pumpkin patch with Linus. <laughs> Let's send a spook out to the mailbox. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. there you have it, folks. A little rattling of the oh, chains. That's definitely a rattling oh. of the chains. Creep, creepness floating in the flames. Oh. How about this Bigfoot with horns? Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining that. That wasn't as creepy. You know, the bison-like horns is a good description. I don't, I don't like the demon in the fire. Oh. Yeah, well, you know, be careful what you ask for. Well, no doubt. I would have left as soon as they showed up with the hoods around the fire. See yeah. ya. Uh, you know. I got to go. People think they're enticed by certain things, and then when yeah. they get in deep. Not uh, this, people. Right. <laughs> like, like he said, he was having second thoughts about what he got involved with, you know? Yeah, I'd be like, nah, I'm out of here. So there you have it, folks. I think my phone's ringing. I got to go. <laughs> now, what do we got today, Kevin? Yeah, we got some great listener mail. This one's coming in from John D. Mm-hmm. And uh, John says, greetings. I'm a new listener of your podcast, but not new to the subject of Bigfoot. Uh-huh. I've spent a fair amount of time reading and watching and listening to material from other reliable and informed sources. I would just like to say that I think your podcast has various elements to to it that make it very interesting to listen to and entertaining at the same time. Oh. 
Your ability to make people laugh helps take the edge off the seriousness of the subject matter. Some of the real-life stories can definitely make a person do a self-diagnostic reality check. (laughs) I think we just had one of those, Bill. (laughs) Then there are other times I just want to laugh my butt off when you guys start joking around. All in all, I think you guys have a great program that I very much enjoy listening to. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. It seems to be working. Keep up the good work. Very interesting stuff. Much better than watching TV most of the time. Take care. Thanks, John D. Well, thank you, John D. (laughs) That was an interesting little synopsis. Yeah, pretty cool. (laughs) Makes somebody want to do a self-diagnostic test, does it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then we're going to another John tonight. And this one is an account. It's called My Bigfoot Encounter. Wow. And he says, John says that his encounter happened 35 years ago out in Washington State. He says, me and my cousin were going camping and fishing at Lake Serene. Hmm. It's a beautiful lake at the top of a small mountain in the Mount Index area. My cousin, Seven myself had to work so we were going to get there late we were supposed to meet his brother there he was getting there earlier in the day so we already packed so as soon as we got off work we headed out there as a mountain on a mountain road off highway two part way up the mountain there was a parking area and you have to hike the rest of the way up when we got to the parking area it was already dark There was a tent set up in the parking lot area. It looked as if someone had grabbed it and shook it all around as the tent was on its side and the supplies from the tent seemed to be scattered all over. That's interesting. Yeah. My cousin said, this looks like my brother's tent. Oh. We decided because it was dark, we would camp there for the night and hike up in the morning as we were building our tent. We heard a tree snap in the woods next to to us, and from the sound of the snap, it was not a big branch. It sounded more like a small tree to me. My cousin and I looked at each other and ran into the car. Wow. Yeah. My cousin... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go continue. No, my cousin uh, put his seat back and said, maybe we should just crash in the car tonight. The car was parked facing the woods, so as we laid there staring into the darkness of the forest, I could see a black shadow in the darkness. It looked like a big head between two trees. From time to time, there seemed to be two small red lights, almost like eyes, but they seemed too far apart to be eyes. After I stared at it for a while, it seemed as if it was staring back at me. Then my cousin said, you are, are you seeing what I am seeing? Then he turned the headlights on. When the headlights on, I could clearly see the two trees, but the head between them was gone. After he turned the lights back off, I could see the shadow of the trees with no big head in the middle. The next morning, we hiked up to the lake. 
We did find my cousin's brother. We told him what happened to us. To this day, he believes we were the one who trashed his tent. And one more thing, we did not think too much about it at the time, but when we were building our tent before we ran into the car, there was something in the air that smelled god-awful. Yeah. Anyway, we hiked back down. We did not stay the next night, (laughs) no doubt, right? I've been there since, but in the daytime and never at night. Boy, that's some nasty business. What was the name of that that place? The Sevens? Yeah, the Sevens, and the lake was called Lake Serene. I got to look that up because I I haven't been... uh, I haven't been there when I lived out in Washington. Was he talking about maybe the Seven Sisters Wilderness area? No, that might be a typo where he says seven. I don't think it's a place. Mm -hmm. He calls it Mount Index and Lake Serene. Wow. Wow, that's freaking uh, strange stuff, you know? Super strange. I mean, could you imagine uh, just sitting in the darkness and seeing a, a, a widespread pair of red glowing eyes peering at you out of the woods. After you already see a wrecked tent in front of you? No. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to be in the woods trying to do something weird to you. You know, I mean, again. No. Again, because you may be armed. I mean, it's Washington right. State. Like, you're not messing with people in the middle of the dark. You're going to no. end up getting shot. No, I'd, I'd already be sending buckshot your way. Exactly. Yeah, laugh at this, pal. Bang, bang, yeah, bang. that's pretty funny. Let me throw a little lead over there yeah. and see how that goes. See how you feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Watch the flash at the end of my barrel, red eyes. Oh, that's pretty creepy. <laughs> wow, that is freaking strange, man. Super creepy, yeah. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, man. You know, when we get some... Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday, Kev. Uh, uh, what was his name? Ah, I'm sorry, but I spoke to the guy yesterday, and uh, he believes he had a Bigfoot pounding on the side of his house. Oh. And uh, he went outside. This was upstate New York, uh, not too far up. Uh, pleasant. You know, every time I want I say Pleasant, I want to say Pleasant Valley. But what is it, Pleasantville? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got a letter about that one. Yeah, Pleasantville? Yeah, this is Cedric. And, Cedric. Uh, Thank yeah, you. Duchess County, New York incident. Are you going to read that? I'm not, but I did read about it. Okay. So Cedric believed that uh, 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 a Bigfoot was pounding on his house. Mm. And uh, he went outside to look around. Now he's second-guessing the fact that he did so. It was a pitch-black night. Yeah. Uh, And uh, he didn't see anything. Uh, But it was interesting. He had that creepy vibe about it, you know, and thought he would uh, tell me about it, you know. Uh, And then a a woman he knew... uh, really having no knowledge of his feeling about Bigfoot one way or the other, uh, had told him that she felt her dog was taken by Bigfoot. Mm. And we had a conversation about this, that, and the other thing. You know how these conversations go. We're kind of around and around and around. But it's interesting how he felt that uh, a Bigfoot had pounded onto the side of his house. Mm. 
And I told him that a lot of people say that. People, they knock on the door, slap on it, rattle doorknobs, bang, throw rocks at the house. He went outside. There were no branches, nothing around uh, that could have hit the house, you know, nothing of rocks or anything like that. Right. And uh, so it's just interesting, you know. Mm. And uh, Yeah, I don't think I'd go out there in the dark looking at what's banging on the side of my house. Uh, you know, Kev, people are strange. I mean, it's easy cr- to say, but maybe I would. Maybe I would. People are strange critters, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, I go out when I go out. I'm armed. Mm. Now, whether that's with my uh, my uh, uh, samurai sword or uh, you know a gun or a bat, you know my 14 inch Bowie knife. <laughs> Uh, You don't want to be receiving anything I'm coming out to greet you with. (laughs) These aren't soul breads I'm giving out, brother. (laughs) No soul cakes? No soul cakes. I got some lead soul cakes. (laughs) I got some lead soul cake, mother. (laughs) Kevin, you remember remember Wolfman Jack? Oh, yeah. Right on, right on, brother. (laughs) <laughs> he was a crazy cat, man. Remember him with that beard and the slick back he hair? Was, he was crazy. He'd come out on Halloween. <laughs> and a wolfman here on NBC. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bill, that's it for this week in terms of letters. Uh, folks, you have been leaving us fantastic reviews. And please... Keep the five-star reviews coming. They're so important to the program because the more five-star reviews we get, it attracts more listeners to the program. And the more listeners we get, the more we can improve the quality of the program. So, folks, I hope you enjoyed the Halloween episode. Hopefully, we didn't scare you too much. And uh, happy Halloween. Yes, yes, and... Unlike my brother, my intention was to scare the bejeebus out of <laughs> And folks, if you should find yourself walking through the woods this Halloween with your funny little outfit on, remember, always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Happy Halloween.